What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the GOAT show. Coming off of quite the weekend, um, obviously the Super Bowl was on Sunday. Varying levels of, uh, I don't know, just an interesting experience. I got Ryan back with me today. Ryan, say hello to the people. What's up, everyone? Uh, yeah, so like it or not, we're going to have to talk about the Super Bowl. Uh, my DMs have been decently busy past couple days i only had to block two people so could have been a lot worse um but yeah uh any any quick thoughts before we get into our our structured conversations i mean just like a general overview of the game it really shows how much of a team game football is and when you think about it you know the Buccaneers. They were basically they basically played great at every level. Um, their offensive line protected Brady incredibly well. You know, only recording I believe four pressures on Brady the entire game. And then you look at how um, you know they were able to effectively effectively run play action. They ran the ball really well with Fournette. And then you know the highlight for them would be how insanely you know, dominant they were defensively holding, you know, one of the most dominant quarterbacks the league has ever seen to nine points and pressuring him 38 times. You know, even with their offensive line injuries, that's still insane. And then even their back end of the defense was playing well. So just a total team effort from the Buccaneers and a total – team let down for the Chiefs in my opinion outside of Mahomes who you know I wish his teammates had half as much fight as he did down the stretch of that game yeah absolutely uh, that's a very good overview and we'll get into yeah all of those points in a little more detail in a minute the first thing I wanted to say was it didn't rain and I heard that it was supposed to rain I stuck my neck out, I made a post about it, I talked about it, and then it didn't. So obviously that had no effect on the game. And I'm beginning to wonder, what are the odds that Tom Brady just controls the weather and didn't want to play in a wet football game, so he didn't? (laughs) He controls the referees and the weather. That's some powerful influence. Absolutely. Um, I didn't even notice until like the end, and I was like, wait a second. They look very dry out there. Uh, so yeah, guess I, guess I should be a little less reactionary when it comes to that kind of information, but Mm -hmm. we'll, uh, we'll take that to heart and move forward. (laughs) Um, so yeah, like you said, it was a bit of a rough game. Would you say, yeah, in my opinion, it was more Super Bowl since probably like 48. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and at least thinking about it, at least 48 was – um 48, which one was that? That was uh, Seahawks-Broncos. Ah, uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I would say this was probably uh, – I would – yeah, yeah, that, that's – because I was thinking of the one with the Patriots and the Rams, but at least that game was close. That's exactly what I'm thinking. Like, at least so, – the Rams technically had a chance in that game until really late while, you know, and like in that one, both teams kind of looked bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> so there was hope for both sides um, that something interesting would happen. While this one, like, unless you're a Bucks fan, nobody wanted a blowout like that. Uh, and even then, I'm sure they would have appreciated it a bit more of a challenge, you know? Yeah, and um, like you said about the Patriots and Rams, but at least Patriots and Rams was a great showing of defense on either side. And I know a lot of like old school people would enjoy that. And uh, <laughs> those old school people really wouldn't be me because you know, I, I, I like my offense, but um, at least you could find something of enjoyment there instead of just a all-around blowout, which is what we saw on Sunday night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm just taking a quick look here. 
Uh, I was thinking about, you know, past Super Bowl blowouts. Um, and the first one that came to mind was the uh, the Bucks over the Raiders back in 2002. Or I guess it was the 2002 season, but mm-hmm. uh, played in 2003. And I just wanted to look and see um, what what the numbers are for teams like total uh, Super Bowl point differential. Because I'm assuming... Okay, this is interesting. So the Cowboys currently have the biggest point differential through all their Super Bowls, uh, plus 89. Mm-hmm. Then it's the 49ers at 85, the Packers at 57, and then the Buccaneers at 49. Hmm. Yeah, that just came to mind. I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, we have we've been pretty blessed with some some really good games these past few years. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, to, have, to to end the season on something like this, it's just it's it's kind of sad. Yeah, it's 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 a sour note to go out to have a a game that was like had so many so many historical implications and was set up to be the young versus old and a lot of these stellar units each team has and it was just even from early on I could tell that, that the Buccaneers were probably gonna beat them pretty hand pretty handily by at least the way the Chiefs line was playing offensively. Yeah, I wanted to get into that. Um because by in the first half I was pretty salty about some of the uh the questionable penalties um obviously there was the holding call on the one interception that brady threw Mm -hmm. which side note i'm not blaming him for that because i don't want to have to deal with people accusing me of um you know coming down too hard on him for a tipped pass but Mm Yeah, Holden took away the interception. Then there was the P.I. on Evans on the deep shot. And then the P.I. in the end zone, which I think both of those were uncatchable. So based on the nature of the rule, they should have gotten or they at least could have gotten picked up. I don't like. Obviously, there was contact. Obviously, it affected the receiver. But I think. Yeah, it's tough to say, but like I said, they were questionable, put the Chiefs down early, but 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 by the end of the day, watching how the Chiefs were in the second half, with the way their offensive line was playing, I just don't think they would have had a chance, penalties or not, you know? Yeah, and, and I was critical of the calls as well, and I totally agree that the Chiefs, like you said, with the offensive line, probably would have lost anyways, but you know, some of those really questionable calls helped make the game so lopsided and just push it so forward in the way of the Buccaneers. And, you know, I I know this isn't necessarily a questionable call, but another one was calling offsides on the Buccaneers' field goal attempt, which gave them a first down, which led to a touchdown. Right. And, And I understand that the guy was offside, so it it's a correct call. But I kind of question, should you really call that in that moment? Like, doesn't that probably happen a lot? That one didn't, that one sat okay with me. Because obviously, I mean, they called the wrong number. But um, I believe it was Hardman Mm -hmm. that was, that got the pressure on the kick. He was offsides. So you got to, I think you got to throw the flag there. Um so yeah, there were a lot of mistakes that were just just <laughs> dumb mistakes, I guess, uh, by the Chiefs. But yeah, there were a couple that were questionable, and I don't remember the last time a questionable call didn't go Tom Brady's way. So yeah, yeah, and even um, yeah, it's just like that um that field goal penalty gave me shades of a D Ford. Yeah, a few years, a couple years back, and then um. But, you know, to think of one of the calls that was really questionable, you know, the, the Evans deep shot, I don't know, I haven't looked at it that much, but at least from what I saw in real time and from the replay, it kind of looked like he flopped. Maybe a little bit. I also think, um, 
one of the things you learn, um, at least coming up playing football, uh, what my coaches taught us was if you're, if you, if, if you're beat for a touchdown and you can take a penalty and stop the score, sometimes that's the right move. And that could have been what he was going for. But I think, so yeah, obviously there was contact. I didn't take too close of a look at it. Um, I haven't looked back at it since the game, but yeah, it looking at where the ball landed, I don't think Evans would have been there. Um, but I think it's still an okay flag. Yeah, but you know, to sort of deviate from the calls a bit on that drive, I really feel like Andy Reid um, made a mistake calling timeouts. If you remember precisely, when like. He called two timeouts, which in fact really helped the Buccaneers because yeah, the clock could have ended up just running out of the half and it could have been, what, 14-6 to six at halftime instead of 21-6 to six if he allowed the Buccaneers to just maybe take the rest of the clock out or maybe only get into field goal position and said he gave them enough life to go what would end up becoming a touchdown. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I remember that kind of felt weird. It was, it's just a coaching decision, right? Where you can, um, you can either let them play. It depends. Yeah, how your confidence in your defense and what you have out there, right? <laughs> like, because if you really, if you want to stay aggressive, try to create your own momentum. Um, then maybe, yeah, if they're going hurry up, they're a little frantic, maybe you can force a mistake. But on the other end, if you think you have the play in your pocket that can stop what they're trying to do, um, then sometimes you need to take the moment to get that out there. Yeah, that's a good I obviously didn't work in the end anyways because they gave up the touchdown, Mm -hmm. but. Yeah, I can see either side, but, like, I really feel like they just mishandled that situation because even when you think about it, you know, Mike Mike Evans was in single coverage on that deep shot, and after, you know, seeing what Brady did on that touchdown pass to Scotty Miller in the previous game against Green Bay, you would think that, like, oh, you know, they're going to try to take a deep shot. They're not going to go for a field goal. They're going to trying to go for it all here and it, it was just weird to see the, the best receiver on the field at the moment get a one-on-one opportunity for what might have been a touchdown yeah for sure um yeah that's something something interesting i don't know the Chiefs secondary de- didn't have their best game as a unit so Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of goes without saying. Yeah. Um, moving forward, I wanted to talk about uh, the Chiefs' offensive line a little more. Um, obviously, I I knew that their starting tackles were out. I didn't think it would be as evident as it was. Uh, obviously, like you said, they allowed the most pressure in Super Bowl history. What the heck was that? It's it's a combination of, you know, obviously a makeshift offensive line with the situation, but also thinking about it, you know, the Buccaneers have an amazing pass rush that was able to take advantage of that and and then some. And it's just sad to see Mahomes basically not even get a chance with so many plays and the game script really fit into what the Bucks would want to do, which is get the Chiefs behind then just send whatever they wanted at Patrick Mahomes and that line wouldn't be able to protect him. And that really hindered the Chiefs offense to really do anything. And couple of that with receivers dropping some passes from Mahomes that even under, you know, siege, he was able to deliver in a catchable way. You know, it was just, like I said, an all around failure to where, and we saw the plays where Patrick Mahomes is weaving and bobbing around guys. 
getting tackled and, and throwing catchable balls that's hitting off guys' helmets. Even, you know, you know, the, the two that the two like highlight ones, like the one where he's falling falling down and he's throwing as he's falling down and it hits the receiver in the helmet. It's just like zips at like thirty yards. Like yeah. I think it illustrates well, A, just how talented Mahomes is, the fact he's able to pull off these throws under this much pressure, and B, you know, just you know, how much of a fighter he is in that situation and how I really don't think he deserves much of any slander for losing this game. And um, I just to add on, I know a lot of people are saying, like, oh, this is what Deshaun Watson or this is what Russell Wilson deals with every Sunday. But, I mean, this was – what happened in that Super Bowl was rather excessive. Like, getting pressure on half of your dropbacks and 38 total times, like, that's – very very excessive like like historically like historical amount of pressure and like i i really i really think that you know that mahomes is one of very little quarterbacks in the nfl that would even be able to generate any offense under that circumstance yeah uh and one yeah, the the one thing I've noted here is that it really shows you that it doesn't matter who your quarterback is, you're not going to win the game if he's throwing from his back every single play, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one thing I really noticed uh, kind of comparisons to in the past couple of days is you look at um, some of the heats that guys like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson got in their playoff losses this year. Uh, where they were under pressure a lot, they weren't comfortable, they weren't able to make pl- the plays that we're used to seeing them make. Um, and, yeah, they got a little heat for it while, obvious, and I want to make myself clear, I was not <laughs> one of those people, and I do look at what Mahomes did and feel bad for him um, and recognize that it's not all his fault. I just want to recognize that... Um, we as football fans need to be consistent with that. Yeah, you know, you yeah, I saying? understand. Although on the flip side, Mahomes has proven that he can play at an incredibly high level in the postseason. And I feel like he deserves the benefit of a doubt, so to speak, in a situation where he doesn't particularly play well, or at least on the stat sheet with all this trouble around him. And I feel like certain other guys have sort of suspect games and but haven't proved necessarily what Patrick Mahomes has proved in the postseason. And I feel like I kind of give Mahomes a bit more of the benefit of a doubt, not saying that guys like Allen and Lamar, because they're super talented, they have they can struggle to be consistent in the postseason where Mahomes has played you know played lights out last season and even played well in his first year as a starter and really should have gone to the Super Bowl that year. I just kind of like I said before give Mahomes the benefit of a doubt. Yeah, that's fair. I just think it really puts things in perspective, um, just how tough it is for some of these guys. Uh, obviously, end result, the Chiefs were held under 10 points for the first time in the Mahomes era. The last time was his rookie season when Alex Smith was starting. That was week 11 of 2017. And this was their first time losing by over 20 points since uh, week four, 2016. Oh, that was against the Steelers. Yeah, was that, that the well. game where Big Ben threw five touchdowns? I am not sure. I just looked at oh, the numbers. Yeah, because I remember, I remember Big Ben having a giant game against him, and I, I think that's where he threw. He had, uh, he threw five touchdowns. I, I'll look it up. I'll look it up after. Since easily could be, yeah. Uh, so the next thing I want to talk about was um, obviously big storyline coming out of this game was Tom Brady. Got his seventh Super Bowl ring, which is obviously it's an accomplishment depending on how you want to look at it. Um, he had his best game in the playoffs, completing 21 of 29 for 
for 201 yards, 6.9 yards per attempt. So nothing insane, but solid. And then the three touchdowns. So just kind of what I noticed watching this, he didn't have to do anything particularly difficult, but he played very clean, got the job done. Um, It was really fun watching him underperform sometimes this year. (laughs) (laughs) It was only a matter of time before he really put it together. But yeah, uh, looking at that, first things first, do you think he deserves Super Bowl MVP for this? Personally, even though he played a solid game, you know, very efficient, getting the ball out, all that, I really don't think that he was the biggest reason why they were able to win. If I would give the MVP to someone, you know, if I could give the MVP to someone, it would be probably, a you know, Todd Bowles for what he did with that defense in that game. Or or I wish you could give it to, like, a whole unit because I would just give it to the whole Buccaneers defense because what they were able to do, and yes, to capitalize on a giant weakness, but to be able to limit Patrick Mahomes and that Kansas City Chiefs offense, one that's flowed so well, almost every game to hold them to nine points and zero touchdowns. You know, this is the first game Patrick Mahomes has not scored a touchdown. I believe in this and I believe in his entire football career. There's not just NFL, not just college, his entire football career to hold him to I wouldn't be surprised. You're you're you're, you're not surprised? <laughs> no. Yeah, and and to hold him to zero touchdowns is such a giant accomplishment. I I wish they would have given it to that defense to sort of recognize their efforts. And I don't know who specifically played well enough uh, or or has the best stat line, maybe Devin White, maybe Shaq Barrett. But um, I wish that they could be represented by getting that award over Brady, who kind of played well in a situation that I know how this was is going to sound was kind of easy when you think about it. The guys around him were playing well. He was getting clean pockets. Majority of his passes only was pressured four times. And I I know how this will sound as well, but I, I really think that like half the quarterbacks in the league could have won that game the way the Buccaneers played as an overall team. I think you could throw in, Jimmy Garoppolo or Gardner Minshew and the Buccaneers are Super Bowl champions. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I wasn't trying to rag on those guys. I'm just saying they're obviously not the level of Tom Brady, but um, I really feel like he had an easy Sunday night and I know it would, you know, people will get mad hearing that it's, it's kind of just the truth. It's not taking away from what he did. It's just, you know, sort of contextualizing that game. The Buccaneers deserve all the credit in the world for coming out and playing at a Super Bowl level, but it's collectively as a team, and it's not just Tom Brady. You know, I feel like a lot of quarterbacks could have won a Super Bowl with this team in general, not even just Sunday night. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you could take away all three of his passing touchdowns and they still win the game 10 nothing or yeah. 10 to 9, right? So looking at the defensive stats, yeah, my in my opinion, um, I think just looking at the nature of this award, I don't think it mm-hmm. would have gone anywhere else. Um, no, no, obviously, yeah. But like you said, the defense as a unit had a really great game. No one guy really stood out, uh, unless you want to like Devin White, 12 tackles. Two TFLs, one interception. Um, and Dominican Sue led them in sacks with one and a half. To think that they were pressuring Mahomes like almost 40 times and only got four sacks on him, three or four. Um, it's pretty impressive for Mahomes. Oh, right? yeah. And, and I've already commended him, but, you know, what he was able to do, you know, he gave a Super Bowl champion effort. It was just guys around him on the line and even his receivers really didn't back that effort up by helping him in these crucial situations, which is even the most disappointing thing. And I don't even really feel like Andy Reed coached a great game necessarily. And I don't know the reason why, you know, I don't want to get into his son's situation, but um, I, I don't feel like Reed coached nearly his best game 
you know, after, you know, being so amazing in this Mahomes era, I just felt like, you know, I've said this before, this is just a colossal team failure for the Chiefs overall, in my opinion, at least outside of Mahomes. Not that Mahomes was perfect. Yeah, I think the most interesting thing to look at uh, for Reed is the fact that they were running five-man protection pretty much all game, and they didn't adjust at all. Uh, so Mahomes was never comfortable. Their linemen were always in one-on-one situations where when you're starting like three yeah. or four backups, um, you'd think you'd want to yeah, adjust to that, right? You could keep and, going, sorry. One last thought I have for that. Um, Mike Remmers was their starting left tackle. Do you remember the last Super Bowl that Mike Remmers started uh, in? I can precisely remember uh, a certain Old Spice um, endorsement athlete having a big play in a certain Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, one or two big plays. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Remmers doesn't have the best – Super Bowl uh, yeah. highlight film. When yeah, it comes and to just to uh, add on top of that, um, I don't know if this was a joke, but I saw something where it said that there was a petition to like ban Mike Remmers from the Super Bowl, and that that I got a nice little <laughs> chuckle out of that. That that was funny. That is pretty funny. Um, yeah, but going back to the MVP, obviously Brady had a great game. The defense had a great game, but no one guy really stood out. Uh, I think you could have made a case for uh, maybe Rob Gronkowski, but his numbers don't really jump out at you. Uh, Obviously, Leonard Fournette was another option. He had 89 yards on the ground, one touchdown, and caught four passes for 46 yards. Uh, So he was their second leading receiver, actually. Um, But yeah, like it was just a really complete game um by all sides like for what for the for the bucks um so obviously one guy's <laughs> gonna get a little more credit but yeah yeah i think altogether it was a very good team win um and the good thing about brady is he is pretty humble and he recognizes uh when he yeah. gets that kind of help so yeah and um yeah he said it was team effort and um I know he brought up Gronk. I do feel like Gronk does have a decent case because he did an amazing job blocking as well, just to add. Maybe he didn't deserve MVP necessarily, but he caught the touchdowns that really mattered. And um, and like I said before, he did an incredible job blocking along with that offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, since you mentioned – or yeah, since we mentioned it, uh, I do have some a few notes on Gronk. Um, first of all, a lot of people – and obviously, I've talked to a lot of people about um, the Buccaneers' situation this season and how their receiving targets are really good. And a lot of people want to throw Gronk under the bus for some reason and say that he's washed and he's not nearly as good as he used to be. I think we've seen flashes of vintage Gronk mm-hmm. all season. Um, obviously, had a very great game on Sunday. Uh, just, yeah, like you said, blocking, getting open. Um, he's just he's just super fun to watch. And he's a really likable guy. It's just sad that, you know, any of the sec- success he's had uh, has also come with Brady. So Yeah, I totally agree. And, and everything you said, I agree with. He is, he is a really funny guy. And um, he, he is fun to watch, and he's one of the most dominant players to ever play that position. I know some people argue that he's the greatest tight end ever, and um, I wouldn't necessarily agree with that, but um, he's certainly in the top five and up there with the all-time greats that position. And, um, and his production and it just speaks to that, and um, he really showed up big for them in the Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Personally, I he may be the most well-rounded mm-hmm. tight end of all time uh, as a blocker and a receiver. Um, I still give 
the edge overall to uh, Tony Gonzalez just based on his longevity. Yeah, I, I would agree, and not to deviate too far from you know this game. Where do you think Kelsey will rank among all-time tight ends, seeing as how super productive he's been with and without Patrick Mahomes? That's tough to say. Um, I think there's a lot of great tight ends through NFL history that just kind of get brushed under the rug. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure where his numbers sit right now, but you could probably make mm-hmm. a case for him being top 10 currently. Um, and if he has a few good years left in him, that would definitely at least cement his place up there. Uh, yeah, I can't say for sure without really thinking about it and getting into comparisons, but he's made, yeah, obviously he's had a great career so far. Um, and yeah. the best part is it's not yeah, over Yeah, I know yet, he has so. the most 1,000-yard seasons for a tight end with five, and I think he's had, I don't know how many straight, but um, I took, I remember a while back, I took a look at his numbers, and I was super impressed, and um. I think he's certainly up there. I know the era, you know, this era is very different with the passing spike and the new passing concepts. But what Kelsey's done with and without Mahomes as his quarterback is super impressive. Yeah, absolutely. He's had um, five straight 1,000 yard seasons. Um, Yeah, it was the first team all, all pro in three of those. And he's had over 800 yards uh, each year of his career since 2014. Even so, yeah, yeah very impressive. Even good in this game. I I know Mahomes had to throw a ton because of the situation, but I think he had like 13 for 133. Um, let me double check that. 10 for 133 oh, on 15 okay. targets. But yeah, um. Yeah, I agree. I thought he looked really good out there. Uh, he was the only kind of reliable weapon for the Chiefs this game. Uh, obviously, the Bucks did a really good job taking Tiger Kill out of the mm-hmm. yeah out of the game, um, and none of the other wide receivers really stepped up. So obviously, yeah, Kelsey was the go-to guy, and he came through most of the time. Uh, obviously, there were a couple key mm-hmm. drops, especially earlier in the game, but. I yeah, I agree. It's a very good game for him. Yeah, he, Pat needed somebody, but um, he he also needed a lot of the other guys to show up, and you know, it's hard to set up deep throws when your offensive line can't protect him for more than 0.2 seconds. So it, it really screws up the game plan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, getting back on track with Brady, I wanted to mention um, how – this game affects his legacy. And the gist of that is I pretty much think it doesn't. Um, at least not much at this point. Because personally, I didn't care when he got five rings. I didn't care when he got six. What difference does it make now? People act like, oh, now he has seven. It is undisputable. But I still think it really is because mm-hmm. rings are still a team accomplishment. Um and one of the big narratives going around after this game is that, well, Brady went through Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Patrick Mahomes to win the Super Bowl. And the fact of the matter is, uh, he didn't. Mm-hmm. The Bucks defense did. Um, Tom Brady didn't force four turnovers against the Saints. Tom Brady didn't shut down the league MVP and Aaron Rodgers after three consecutive Brady interceptions. And Tom Brady wasn't the one pressuring Mahomes all game. So, yeah, it really goes to show, like you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. how much of a team sport it is. Um, so all this game and all this season really proved to me is that Tom Brady can throw to wide open all pro caliber players and let his defense take care of business. So, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> um, altogether, I don't think that adds that much. Yeah, I agree. Now. And um thinking about it, like I said, like, you know, this team kind of just needed a quarterback that wouldn't throw 30 interceptions. And um, all he really needed to do was just not turn the ball over and just 
sort of bring a pedigree that the team needed. However, I feel like there's a lot of other guys in the NFL that could have done that, that could have you know distributed the ball to all of these weapons and then let the defense go crazy. And when thinking about it, like the Super Bowl was really Brady's first really solid postseason game where he played well all the way through. You know, you know, even against like against the Packers, he had a great first half and then a really suspect second half where he probably should have lost the team the game. And um, you know, to only really play well in one game. And yeah, it was the Super Bowl, but to only play well in one game and win a Super Bowl, it kind of makes you think, well, maybe that run wasn't because of him. It's because they had an amazing team that, you know, with so much talent that they were able to, you know, figure out, you know, play calling and to figure out their defense. And, you know, you made a lot of great points. Like, Brady throws through those three interceptions on three three straight possessions, and the Packers only scored three points out of it with the number one offense in the NFL. So when thinking about it, it's like, you know, the Bucks' defense deserves, in my opinion, the bulk of the credit. And the, the most credit I would really give Brady is just, you know, bringing a sort of mental pedigree to the team and not turning the ball over in certain situations and they could have easily lost the NFC championship game if the defense didn't show up. So bulk of the credit, in my opinion, should go to the defense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah. Like we said earlier, there were a lot of quarterbacks in this league that Mm -hmm. probably could have won this game for them. So obviously, I mean, it's good for him. Um, at least he played well enough that we can yeah. say he deserved it. Um, but yeah, they kind of pulling away from the, uh, the game itself. Now mm-hmm. I pretty much talked about everything there is to, um, what'd you think of the halftime show this year? We had the weekend, obviously Canadian icon. Um, I don't, I thought it was a solid show. I think maybe <laughs> I was a little too bummed out from the first half to really enjoy it. Um, well, I thought yeah, it was what, pretty fun. Um, there was nothing truly spectacular, but it was a nice, quick show. Um, I really enjoy the weekend's music. It's obviously pretty catchy, and um, he did a great job with the whole stage, and um, a lot of those um, you know, the backup dancers with the bandages and stuff on their face, and um, I just thought it was it was a fun show. That's quicker than most. Super Bowl halftime shows, and I have to admit, I don't really like long Super Bowl halftime shows because I think it affects teams negatively because you're sitting in that locker room for you know an extended time from what you're used to, and I just think that it's better to have a, a bit quicker of a show. You know that obviously a, a really good singer like The Weeknd can do his thing or his or her thing, and then um you could just get back to the game because. At least I'm there for the game. I know a lot of people like the commercials and the halftime show, but um, yeah, I just um, I thought the weekend did a pretty solid job. You know, not the greatest halftime show, not the worst, but um, it was pretty fun, and that's kind of what I'm looking for. At least I am looking for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of the commercials, did you know that in Canada we don't really? get most of them? Yeah. Um, I watched a uh, a little compilation of the top 10 halftime shows from this year, and we only got That's interesting. Them, it's interesting how, like, marketing and things like that, you know, I guess are just central to the United States. But it's very interesting. Yeah, and I mean, they paid the... Uh, the broadcast corporations, right? So, obviously, we we have different TV companies, so we don't get the same treatment, but yeah. it's fine. That's what YouTube's for. Um, moving on from that, probably the most interesting part of the game was the, uh, the streaker that came <laughs> out in the fourth quarter. Um, what do you think of that? As, like, altogether? I mean, I have to admit, watch the game. 
I was a little, a little upset. So like, I didn't really care as much as I would have normally seeing a streaker run on, run out on the field, but um, provided some entertainment in a game that was pretty void of it at that point. And um, I, I don't even really know what to say about it. It was a dude streaking on the field. It, I just kind of take it for what it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, personally, yeah, like you mentioned, feel a little down at that point. <laughs> it lifted my spirits a little bit. Um, it was, yeah, it was kind of, I, one thing I don't like is how, um, I mean, obviously I understand it, but how the cameras don't follow it when it happens. Because um, obviously it's live TV and you don't want anything too crazy to happen but obviously i mean yeah i think there are videos going around afterwards but um yeah a couple things i want to say about that uh he reached the end zone uh-huh, more often uh-huh. than the chiefs did <laughs> so you can't you, you can't say that every day um the big kind of story going around with this is apparently he had placed a fifty thousand dollar bet that there would be a streaker at the Super Bowl um, and would have made 375000 on that with only like a $1,000 bail. Um, so if that holds up, which I've heard it might not, um, there's been some speculation about whether or not that's actually allowed. I don't know all the details, but... Um, if that holds up, that's pretty impressive. Like that's some high IQ. Yeah, it's planning chestnut right? checkers kind of stuff. <laughs> exactly. Um, and another thing I found interesting was there are less than two, uh, two twenty five thousand fans in the stadium. Uh, first of all, this guy is one of them. This guy is one of the twenty five thousand <laughs> people that got to go to the Super Bowl this year. Um. Kind of makes you think, like, don't you think there was someone that would have yeah, used you, that you a have little these more wisely? Healthcare professionals who who sacrificed so much for us this year, and then you have this dude, <laughs> and then this guy in the field, like, <laughs> what do you like sneak in there? I, I have no clue. I don't know. I'm assuming. I mean. That's another thing, is that there are only 25,000 people there. Security yeah. couldn't stop him. Like, there's usually way more people. Yeah, it wouldn't never be see obvious if you just saw a dude wearing pink running down the stands to get out to the field. Like, you think they'd be on him right away. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if security was just, like, way down yeah, they this year. There could have been, like, a little bit of a gap. Or something like that, and and that guy could have snuck out. Um, heck, maybe he worked there. Probably, I would assume not, but you never know. Yeah, you never I don't really. Think so. Yeah, probably not, but um, that could be an explanation if he knew, like a little gap in security or something where he could sneak out and make his money. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, now he's a part of NFL history because I don't think that's happened in the Super Bowl before. I cannot. Unless you can recall um, something. I, I saw a guy streak once at my high school game, but. um. Oh, I saw one at a high school game, too, when I was really? walking onto the field <laughs> and this guy ran by me and I was like, <laughs> you're not supposed to be out here. We were losing by like thirty points at that point too, so it was pretty upset already. Yeah, and I'm like, you and Patrick Mahomes had a familiar feeling. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, exactly. Surprise! Yeah, that, that would have been a nice frustration golf. move. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he wanted to run after him with his yeah. turf toe, and he was probably pretty banged up after being under siege all night. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Any any last thoughts on this game? I think that pretty much that's pretty much all there is to say about this Super Bowl. Yeah, I'd agree. There's obviously with the score being so lopsided, there's not that much to say. Buccaneers had an all around perform all around great performance. 
the Chiefs at an all-around failure, at, at least except Mahomes, who showed a lot. So um, credit to the Bucks for putting this whole, you know, basically the equivalent of an NFL super team together and delivering a Super Bowl back to that city because of it. And, um, you know, I'm interested to see what they look like next year. But, um, if you know, thinking of the Chiefs, I think this is really just a bump in the road for them. You know, they have, you know, all these amazing players that are battle-tested in terms of winning. And um, I think they'll be right back in it next year. You know, hopefully this is really humbling for them because I have to admit that they, they're pretty cocky sometimes. So I think that this is a big humbling experience. I think that they'll add, hopefully, add depth to their line and their secondary in the offseason. Um, I would also like to see them get a secondary receiver. That's a legit number two receiver alongside, you know, Hill and Kelsey because um, number two by committee didn't really work out for them, in my opinion. Their receiver core is super top-heavy, and I would really like to see them pick up a legitimate number two, whether in free agency or the draft. And um, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if they're back in the Super Bowl next season. In fact, I made a post on it today at Greatness Debates, and I basically did my super early Super Bowl projections prediction, and um, I had the Chiefs and, believe it or not, the Rams playing in the Super Bowl. Of course, things are subject to change, but, um, yeah, I don't think this is that this is that, you know, th- this obviously sucks for the Chiefs, but um, I think that they'll rebound nicely. And um, I'm interested to see what the Buccaneers do going forward. But um, credit to the Bucs for winning. And um, I'm interested to see what the two teams do next year. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I think it's nice for the Bucks franchise. Obviously, they've mm-hmm. had an up and down history. Um, they do have the one Super Bowl win, but this, yeah, this is definitely good for them. It's been a while since they've been a really competitive team. Uh, so it's good for the franchise, good for the fan base. Uh, a lot of these players too, like you look at even Leonard Fournette, he's only 25 years old, but good mm-hmm. for him being able to be a part of a team like this. Uh, so guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, obviously Antonio mm-hmm. Brown getting his first Super Bowl ring. Um, some of the guys on the defense too, like Levante David, great veteran player, but just hasn't been in this position. Um, Tim with Dominic and Sue, I can't remember. Was JPP on any of the Giants teams that won a Super Bowl? Um, I think so, right? Isn't he eight and in the postseason? Um, I don't remember. Okay, wait. Yeah, looking now, he was. Yeah, I think on he's like. I saw a stat where he's like eight and zero in the postseason now so. with the Giants and now the Buccaneers. Oh yeah, that would make sense because they yeah they ran the mm-hmm. the whole gauntlet yeah. in twenty eleven. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, <laughs> not knowing what a playoff loss is like. Yeah. Wish some other guys were that lucky, but um, no, good for him. Um, yeah, like I said, just a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of players on these on this team that deserve to be in this kind of situation. Uh, one of the funny ones is LaShawn McCoy uh, was on the Chiefs last year, signed with the Bucks this year, only carried the ball ten times this season, um, and he has two rings. Yeah, and that's two least productive just years. Luck of the draw. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's a smart business Bowls, I mean. that experience, even if you know, even though he's not playing, it's there's still probably nice to have those rings on his finger, commemorate. There's just something great about being mm-hmm. a part of a winning team. So jumping around, I mean, he didn't move around too much, but going from the the Eagles and kind of their down period, uh, moving on to the Bills, who were. I think they made the playoffs in his last mm-hmm. or a couple a couple of years that he was there, but um, obviously, yeah, it's nice for him to be able to be a part of two Super Bowl winning teams. Um, sadly, not every player 
gets mm-hmm. to do that in yeah. their career. So it's good for, for sure. Him, um, yeah, I think that's all I really want to say about this game. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what this <laughs> roster looks like for the Bucks next season because uh, they have a lot of free agents coming up. Uh, I know Levante David, Antonio Brown, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette, I believe. They're all questionable. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how much they can keep this together. Um, can Brady keep up this level of play? <laughs> Obviously, we have this conversation every year, but it's bound to – he's bound to decline. Yeah, and I mean, right? this so, roster certainly made him look really well. You know, not to hate, but um, if he was on the Patriots – as they are right now, I think that decline would really, really show, you know, with the, how their team was this year. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, <laughs> that might be a conversation for another day. But, yeah, looking at um, what this team looks like in the next year or so should be really interesting. Um and, mm-hmm. you know, we have a whole offseason to see how this plays out. So, yeah, looking forward to um, the future of this show until next season hits. Uh, we'll be back sometime probably this week, maybe next week, to talk about uh, the new head coaching jobs that got filled uh, past month or so. Um, later after that, we'll be trying to keep up with all the like all the free agent and draft news uh, and maybe have a couple of special guests, a couple of new voices coming at you guys. Uh, so it should be a lot of fun. Hopefully it stays interesting. Um, and we thank you all for sticking with us so far. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. To yeah. Do this. Yeah. This is, this has uh, been I'm awesome. Sure you it's feel been nice the same way. Getting to use my voice literally to talk about, um, you know, ANFL. So, Thank you all who have listened and thank you all who will eventually listen. Yeah, it's been really fun starting this, even if the uh, mm-hmm. viewership or listenership hasn't been insane, but I, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate you guys. Yeah, and, no. uh, I don't think we're going anywhere. So yeah, but I think that's it for today. Um, like we said, thank you all for listening. Uh, I hope you found something to enjoy in the Super Bowl, <laughs> even if it was just the food you were eating. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's mm-hmm. all for today. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Thank you all everyone. for listening. We'll see you back next time. <laughs>